Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. On this episode, I'm Talking Business with Iona and we're going to delve into all things theme park and attraction design. We'll be looking at how you can build your career in this industry and also some of the current and future trends in this very exciting area. So without further ado, let's go. Let's talk business with Iona. Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. We've got Iona here today. Hello Iona and how are you? Hi, good morning. I'm good. Sleepy, but good. Sleepy, but good. So, but that doesn't make much sense. It's 12 o'clock here in the UK. So where in the world is Iona today? Where, where are you at? I'm in Orlando, Florida, and uh, we're five hours behind, so it's seven in the morning. Wow. Ben, thank you very much. And it is my job to obviously wake you up and get you ready for the day. Uh, right. So you can go and do your job, whatever that is, once we get stuck into this exactly. episode here, of course. So I suppose we better start with the basics and talk about you. So uh, who are we talking to? Who is Iona? So um, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I'm from Scotland. I grew up in Aberdeen um, and I am a theme park designer, traction designer, all that sort of good stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, really. Okay, so theme park and attraction design, and now I am itching to get stuck into this. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big theme park fan. I got a got chance to work there when I was studying in between years. And um, yeah, so it's so a big, big fan. So looking forward to picking your brains a little bit here. And uh, yeah. what could turn into about a 19-hour podcast, I'm going to try and keep it a bit shorter um, because you've got work to go to. So um, <laughs> let's go back a little bit and talk about uh, you and how you got to be a 23-year-old uh, from Aberdeen, living in Orlando, Florida, designing theme parks uh, and attractions of theme parks and things like that. So um, there's something there, but I don't know how that happens. So let's go back about uh, six, seven years or so to GCSE time. So you do your GCSEs. Uh, is it at this point when you're doing your exams or, or the qualifications that you do in Scotland, I should say, excuse me, um, when you're about 16 or so, are, are you thinking I'm going to be a theme park or attraction designer in six, seven years time? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think it went back even further than that. Um, I think I was about 10, 11-ish when it really kind of started to click. You know, I realized that I liked designing things and kind of tinkering with things. And then I also just loved theme parks. I was obsessed with the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, so I kind of started to kind of slowly put that together. And I learned that this was a real profession. And then I bought all of the books that you could possibly get on the subject and read all of them, watched all the documentaries. Um, and then at school, I started picking subjects that I already loved art and design. I picked more kind of um, design technology we had, um, that sort of stuff, and kind of really just worked towards that. And then it came to, you know, picking university courses and things and you know, there isn't a university course in themed entertainment design, um, at least not here. There is kind of out in the States. Um, so I was kind of a bit stuck on what to do, toured a bunch of universities um, and eventually landed on interior design um, because it's, it's part of, you know, theme parks. And, you know, you do have to look at interiors and how people move around in spaces. Um, so that's what I went for. And I went to Edinburgh Napier for that. And it was great because they this type of course projects and courses that we got they allowed us to kind of be quite free with what we wanted to design so almost all of my projects I was trying to put some sort of story in it and it all had some sort of theme so you could kind of clearly see where this line was going you know <laughs> um, and and then I 
we came to our third year and they kind of encouraged us to do internships and placements. So I applied to a whole bunch of companies, just kind of set my portfolio out to see where I could get. And Falcons, where I work now, got back to me and said, hey, we'd like to interview you. Um, so I interviewed with them. And then like two months later, I was out in the States. <laughs> and here I still am. <laughs> You are, yeah. So yeah. That, that's opened up a load more questions in my mind here, but I'm going to go back to Pirates of the Caribbean for a second. So two questions. One, do you know all the words to the song and would you like to sing it? And two, um, why Pirates? Why, why did that one hit? Because obviously Disney World's got a lot of great theming, uh, but why yeah. did Pirates hit so hard for you? One, I know most of the song. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> um, and two, I well, I initially fell in love with the movie first. Um, I'd accidentally watched it on an airplane about four years old, five years old. My mom didn't know. Um, and so <laughs> and she didn't realize it until I was on my like, fourth time of watching it. Um, and so I loved that. And then when I did the ride and I kind of, I can't remember if it was before or after they updated it to include Jack Sparrow and everything. I think it might have been. Um, and then I finally did that. And it's just, I think I loved it because like everything about it, it's just all completely physical sets and animatronics and there's just so much happening and it takes you through all these different scenes. It's a really long ride, um, but it is, I think it's one of the most prime examples of an indoor dark ride. Like a dark ride is, I don't know if you know the kind of definition of that, but it is essentially just a ride that's indoor. You're usually either in a boat or a kind of small little vehicle and you'll move through sets and scenes. Um, I think it's it's one of the best of out there and it still stands to this day I mean it's still I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's still one of the most popular attractions isn't it by visitor figures yeah. and statistics as well um and, and that is a ride to anybody who's been on it you know the, the second you walk up to, to the gates and then you're inside and you're walking around the streets and um everything there submerges you in it and you forget that you were outside a minute or two ago in the middle of the right yeah um, and that's obviously the, the joys of good theming uh, and the, the fact that it works and it's you know had an influence on on your entire life really you know yeah. a little, little old theme park ride has, has kind of changed changed everything but obviously you found your passion from that so as, as a theme park attraction designer then uh is, is there a normal game of life for you do you wake up you go to work you design another ride you come home you know you'll be creative for six hours a day or, or is, it, is it kind of a vocation I mean what what's a game of life of uh, of somebody like yourself yeah I mean it is it is very varied you never really know what you're going to be getting into um I so you know usually I'll go to work and there'll be kind of one main project that we've kind of focusing on with a deadline, or it might be a bunch of kind of little things that I have to kind of jump in between. Um, but so like I do a lot of the kind of 3D modeling side of it. So it's usually either, you know, here's a concept of an attraction, here's some art, maybe here's a rough plan. Could you model this up, start to kind of build on it and kind of work out and see what it looks like so we can kind of visualize it in a 3D sort of space. Um, or it might be, you know, pooling kind of a full bunch of reference imagery, making mood boards for an attraction or a land or, you know, whatever we're doing and kind of getting the feel and the style for it um, before we kind of do anything else. Just it's really good to kind of get your initial idea of what we want this to look like. Um, so usually it's that sort of stuff. Um, might have to do some like technical drawing that comes a lot of into it kind of um because you know we need those drawings for construction things and that those take a lot of work because you have to essentially take all your models and your concepts and translate them and make it something that you can actually build um so 
you know, we work a lot in AutoCAD for that sort of stuff. We have to drop your plans and your elevations and your sections and anything that the construction companies might need to make this possible. Um, so there's a lot of that too. And really you are just bouncing between that sort of stuff. You know, you might have a meeting with a client or a vendor. We work with a lot of vendors, maybe ride vendors, because we don't do a lot of in-house kind of attraction, engineering, that sort of stuff. We have engineers, but none of them are doing the real kind of heavy stuff like roller coaster design and things. We leave that to the really smart people. <laughs> Our job is mostly to kind of do master planning and make things look good and pretty and figure out themes and narratives. And we leave any of the real technical stuff to the, the smart guys. I would say that you're a pretty smart person considering what you are. So don't, don't go selling yourself short here, you know, what's that for you? But, um, so, but, I mean, Matt's talking through the process of, of designing that, the, the rides and the attractions and even the lands that, that you spoke of there. And going back a little bit to how you get those initial ideas, um, is, it, is it this kind of romantic idea of everybody just sits in the coffee shop and you write ideas on a napkin and then all of a sudden you've got a theme park? Um, or uh, are you using market research and that these particular brands of coasters are popular, these types of dark rides are popular? Because obviously with, um, I, I guess from a layman's point of view, coming in from the outside, you know, I saw uh, Spider-Man when it first went up at Islands of Adventure, and now you've got a lot of these kind of sit-on rides with holographic projection, 3D glasses and you know, Star Wars right. land and things like that. So is it just people getting creative or are you, are you really getting stuck into data and information and market research before you're creating new ideas? It usually depends on the project, I would say. You know, some projects, clients will come to us and be like, we have this data, we have, um, you know, we have this IP that we want you to use. Could you take this and run with it? Or they'll come to us and be like, we just want to theme park and <laughs> figure it out. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we will have those kind of brainstorming sessions where a bunch of us will get together and kind of throw stuff on a board and be like, yeah, we like this. We don't like this. We'll do some research on it. Also, you know, we'll look at where in the world this is going and look at the country and, you know, is this IP popular? What kind of age does it target? Um, that sort of things. Cause it, you know, it can vary from country to country. Um, we do a lot of stuff in the Middle East, so you kind of have to look at, you know, what is culturally appropriate there, what is not, you know, um, what, you know, films and kids like film, I think, is quite fairly like cinemas and things are quite fairly new there. So you kind of have to look at kind of what they're interested in and things. Um, so, yeah, it completely varies on the project. Um, and but there definitely are sometimes those fun meetings going to throw stuff together. And those are always, those are always the best, but it can get a little wild and end up, you know, people just yelling things and it turns completely unproductive. So it, yeah, it varies. <laughs> we had good intentions, you know, and soon yeah. later a new theme park is built. So, you know, looking at the end. Yeah, exactly. It's all good, so. <laughs> I mean, that's a fascinating thing, but you also said there that you're working on, on a global scale. Now I, I, I presume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, just like Hollywood is the center for, TV and movie production is Central Florida, for obvious reasons, the, the center of the world for theme park design, or are you pretty spread out now? Is that changed with pandemic? Or if you want to be a theme park designer, you basically have to go to Orlando. It certainly is the hub, at least at the moment. It's it's the hub. But there are, you know, I know that like LA has a lot of kind of studios out there, especially. I mean, they have Imagineering, which is, you know, Disney's big one, but they're not also now moving moving over here so I think it's just an even bigger hub 
Um, there are growing more and more all around the world, which I love. There's more growing in the UK, which I'm very happy about because we don't have a lot. I mean, at least when I first initially looked, there wasn't a lot. So it, that's I'm really excited about that. But yeah, Orlando is yeah. the place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you can see that as well, um, not only just with what you're doing, but also uh, physically with new parks and new lands coming up. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of expansion in the last few years and they've got Tron coming up and lots of other new things and um, Universal building a whole new theme park. Is that, is that what I read? Are, yep. Yeah. Yep. Just okay. rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, we're just going to build a whole new theme park. You know? Yeah, just the whole <laughs> We'll just find some land and build a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, what, what's it like living there then and being surrounded by that industry? I mean, you, you obviously work in, in the industry. Are you spending your weekends at the parks as well, mm-hmm. or do you need a bit of a breather from it? You know, have you still got that passion in your own life um, to go to the parks and things like that? Yeah. Um, I do. I've got a couple of annual passes um, for some of the parks around here. So I do. I, I'm not sick of it yet. So I think that's a good sign. I still like going mainly just go for the food and, you know, <laughs> bars and stuff at this point because it's great. Um, but it, I mean, it's really cool living here because as well as the theme parks you get, we have this association called the Themed Entertainment Association. So anyone in the industry can join and they'll host mixers and events or they'll have like panels of speakers from people in the industry. Um, and they have a lot of things here because there's a lot of people in the industry here. So that's a really fun thing to be a part of. I really enjoy that. And then every year we have IAPA, which is um, this big kind of themed entertainment um, expo. And it's they have them all around the world, but this is the big one. This is the one that everyone comes for um, in November. And it's just, it's massive. So you just, it's kind of like this big conference and exhibition center. And there's just rows and rows of, you know, ride designers, um, you know, theme park food. So there's just stands of cotton candy and um, dipping dots and all, anything you could want essentially. And then, you know, there's kind of studios like us, like all the kind of design consultants and so, and then there's talks and things like that. So it's it's great. It's really, really nice having all that stuff just on your doorstep that you can kind of use and make the most of. It's really, really nice. Yeah, I think you're going to have to hook me up and I'll have to come over and do some live podcast recordings for that. <laughs> yeah. You, you had me at Dipping Dots in all honesty, but... Uh, oh, it's uh, great. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, takes me back, I tell you. Uh, so, I'm, <laughs> I mean, looking at the, the theme parks then and getting stuck into kind of your job and how... It's, I imagine it's quite a fast-paced industry from what I read and, and look at and see and try try to keep up with everything that's going on. But obviously with technology and um, AI and virtual reality and augmented reality now becoming commonplace in, in, you know, in our handheld phones, let alone in a theme park. So are you seeing these as kind of challenges? Are they benefits? Are they threats to your industry or... Uh, it, it, I, I presume there's a lot of talk about them. I mean, what, what's the kind of feel about all these new technologies and how fast everything changes in your industry? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's good. I think we try to embrace it as much as you can and you absolutely should because there's so many cool things coming in and it's starting to make all these wild ideas more, more possible. Um, I think it's really exciting. I mean, at Falcons, we have our own in-house interactive media team. So you know, we deal with AR and VR and, you know, we have all sorts of technology that we're working on as well to kind of bring into theme parks. Um, and, you know, there's already roller coasters out there with kind of like VR headsets and stuff like that, um, which I've, I've never done one, but um, I don't know if they're vastly better. So I don't think we're feeling too kind of threatened by any of that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, 
I think there's loads of good examples of, you know, theme park designers using this technology to their benefit. Um, you know, if you look at Disney's Star Wars Hotel, I don't know how much of that you've seen. It's, it's pretty incredible, but they have in the rooms, they have this kind of AI um, that you can speak to. Um, and it's this kind of droid that, you know, you can ask questions and they'll answer back and they're all, it's super smart and it's, it's a little creepy, but it's also really, really cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. And I think, you know, it's, it is scary how fast things change because as well, our timelines can be so long, you know, designing a park attraction can take years. So when you've already designed it, something new could have already come out. So it is kind of annoying to have to keep up with it. Um, but it's also really exciting too. And it's, yeah, we like looking out for what's new and what's possible now. Yeah. And, and it's interesting as well to see how theme parks and the technology used in them sometimes become part of our everyday life. Um, you know, you talk about the, the droid and the, the, the AI and everything. Well, how long before that's just in every hotel room anyway? And, right. and it's just common, uh, you know, maybe yeah. five, ten years, I don't know. Um, but those things that we've seen, fit pods that blow our minds. I remember going and watching, um, I'm sure my folks will watch this and they go, oh, yeah, I remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, we, you know, going to see kind of like Muppet Vision in like 1990 yeah. and it was 3D, you know what is this 3D and Captain EO and things like that. And, you're, oh, and the chairs rumbled and, and things like that, you know, and it was 3D and men, many like, oh, 3D is boring there, eh? you know, <laughs> it's come and gone. Yeah, it's been no, it's, home. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's changed. So, I mean, and you play a part in that really with your theme park design. Right. Yeah. I just have to kind of keep your eye on what's coming on the horizon and kind of, it's always like, who's the first to jump on it? Who's going to yeah. make the most of it? And Yeah. It's a bit of a race, I think. Yeah. Do, do you think there's still a bit of a call? Um, I'm going off script now. I know I asked you a few questions, sent you a few <laughs> questions earlier, but uh, as my mind wonders, uh, to, thinking back to pirates and then thinking about these new rides that are completely immersive, um, like like the new style, Rise of Resistance, I believe it's called. Yes. Um, yeah. And that complete immersive experience versus pirates, little old boat going around a village. Um, not to sell it short, it's a great ride. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get free tickets to Disney at this rate, am I? Do you think there's going to be a call for, or, or there still is a call for those old school nostalgia um, kind of things? Or, or do you think the technology will just wow all the kids and they'll never really appreciate the past? I, I, I don't know what, what what your take is on that. Is, is there still a call for a good old fashioned roller coaster that goes up and down and just thrills you rather than, oh, fancy things and three minutes? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's definitely still. That people, I mean, you people still love roller coasters. I don't think those are going anywhere, and they're only getting faster and smoother and kind of more impressive. You know, Universal's Velocicoaster is a great example of that. I mean, um, that came out I think last year, year before, um, and that's I mean, that's it's an incredible roller coaster, and they've also used really good technology, like in the queue. I don't I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's going through the queue because there's a really great effect as you leave the station and launch out. And it's a really good use of technology there. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think everyone still loves the dark ride, like an old fashioned traditional dark ride. And I think there's ways where you can do that, but still make it kind of modern as well and use things like projection mapping and that sort of thing. But sometimes you just, you can't beat physical sets and, you know, seeing that sort of stuff with your own eyes, I think is still more impressive than seeing something on a screen. You know, when we look at a screen, we know it's a screen. And there's, so there's always gonna be that thing in the back of your mind where you're like, I know this is media that I'm looking at, 
whether it's when you are looking at physical sets or animatronics, it's like, it's that stuff's impressive. And, you know, the animatronics are getting more and more fluid and lifelike and it's a little creepy, but it's really cool. Um, and I think that sort of stuff people always, always love, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and moving on. It's to interesting. That, yeah, or staying kind of on topic with that, the use of mobile phones in, in theme parks as well. So I don't know if it's just because of my age, but, you know, I guess I think I should you should put your phone in your pocket and be immersed in this world right. that you're in, that you're surrounded by. But there's also a call, or there's been a lot of businesses kind of try it. I know Disney tried with Genie Plus with, with uh, uh, kind of get in front of lines and things like that but also you know you're in a queue and you scan something and it talks to you and things like that or, or should the phone be in the pocket but we live on our phones that <laughs> part of us and we're going to be texting people anyway. yeah. um i mean yeah is that something you have to consider and, and kind of uh or be working or purposefully work out of rides or anything like that absolutely yeah i think it's it's something that you have to definitely consider um now people are always going to be on their phones i mean i think sometimes it can come down to a personal preference as whether you want to put your phone away or you want to kind of run around you know like galaxy's edge has all those kind of interactive stuff that you can run around with and it is really cool um i think when i think my issue that i have with it is the likes of genie plus where your day then becomes very structured and you know you're just looking at your phone being like okay what's next what's next what's next as opposed to kind of just being spontaneous and walking around the park and being like oh this looks cool i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna go look at this or i'm gonna go wander over here and look at this um which i think is i think that's a kind of better way of doing theme park is just kind of exploring and seeing what you can find as opposed to being like all right but this right this right this right um but i think i think Phones and things can help in queues, especially because sometimes queues can be a bit long and boring. And, you know, if there are games to play or things that you can interact with, I think that's pretty cool. If it encourages you to also look around at what's around you, I think it's, I think it's good. There's pros and cons to both. I think. Yeah. yeah. How, much, um, how much do we take for granted uh, the theming and being sucked into that yeah, imaginary, I guess, imaginary world? And, and the reason I ask this is because I when I'm really into theme parks and still am a little bit I, I was going back through my photos the other day and I've got photos of bins that were themed <laughs> and a lamp and my wife like, oh, do you remember when you used to take photos of bins I'm like I do yeah but it's a nice bin um I mean how, how much are we taking for granted that we walk into um Galaxy's Edge or some of the places you're making and then all of a sudden we forget where we are and we're in there I mean what what kind of work is going into this theme mm. landscape that you do um for your day job yeah, there, I mean, gosh, so much work goes into it. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think, I, gosh, just thinking about all the work. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, I think it would be upsetting for designers if, you know, people are just constantly walking around on their phones and not looking at anything because we do pour so much of our heart and soul and kind of effort into these types of things. Um, but I don't know. I think if, if something is cool enough, people will hopefully put their phone down and look up, you know, the likes of Pandora, Animal Kingdom. I mean, that's something that I think could force almost everyone to put their phone down for a second and be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> those rocks are flowing. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, and I think, you know, we have to work kind of pretty hard to try and grab people's attention as much as we can, um, you know, make things look as interesting and as kind of, explorable as we can um 
and unique as well. You know, we don't want to be ripping off other theme parks or anything while we're at it. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a, a challenge, I would say, to kind of make things as impressive and kind of visually amazing as we can. And as well, the other thing I think comes into it now is kind of Instagram and, you know, I hate to say it, but you have to think about, you know, those Instagram shots that people can get, those photo shots. And, you know, that's it's important to people at this point and you can't really ignore that, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's also it's something that we have to factor into. Yeah. And there's always been a photo spot, hasn't there, in a theme park in front of the castle, in front of a particular ride or something. Yeah. Obviously now the cameras are so portable, everything is a photo spot and, and you've got to exactly. be aware of that. Um, and, and as we come out of, um, or as COVID kind of obviously changed things for theme parks and, and it's still uh, having an impact somewhere. And I, and I read stories here that Disney is at capacity or charging too much or um, theme parks are having to change the way they do things. I think y you'll be able to correct me or not, but the one that was planned for London, um, I think that was shelved recently. Am I, am I right in thinking that, the, the big development there? I think so. Yeah, it was something to do with the, like, the permits, I think, that they submitted. They took them back for some reason. I think they're reworking them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happening there. It's a, yeah. it's a funny one. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's been decades in the making, all the talking, right. you know, the plans and yeah. everything. So I'm sure that this is the. Uh, um, I mean, do you see any any threats to theme parks at the moment? Uh, is there still going to be a place for them as some way to escape from reality and put our phones away for, for a little bit? Um, or, or do you see it as a bit of a boom period now for the industry? You're talking about the Middle East, but would never have really had theme parks mm -hmm. a whole new market there um mm -hmm. boom boom or bust for theme parks now what, what's your feeling as somebody I think, I think boom for sure i think it's it's still taking off you know the industry is also still picking up after covid um but i think it's something that people definitely aren't sick of at least um even you know even with the kind of metaverse and vr and all that stuff coming in i still think people will always prefer going somewhere to escape at least that's that would be my hope is that you know um you know you can't you can't get the same feelings riding a roller coaster as you can sitting with a vr headset on you can just you'll just feel ill um, <laughs> um but yep. i think yeah i think it's for sure i'm i'm from what i've seen i think it's it's still a boom i mean you know if you're looking at epic universe being built i think that's a good sign that you know things are coming back to life at least after the past couple of years and um I feel like people are wanting an escape now more than ever, I would say. Um, at least if you look at what's happened, people are flooding the theme parks at this point. I mean, I haven't seen them this busy ever, I don't think. Um, so I think people are wanting escape as well. I think people at the moment are hesitant to fly internationally still. So that's obviously it's domestically. I think it's been really good for the theme parks because people will just want to kind of stay within the country at the moment. Um, but then we also have all the Brits coming back, too, because they've missed their Florida. So, you know, that's <laughs> half the accents around me are now Brits, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going away anytime soon. That is good to hear. So um, yeah. uh, do you see yourself as we get towards the last couple of questions here? Um, do, do you see yourself as a role model within the uh, theme park industry world? Um, being being a young female designer, uh, are you? Uh, is it? Excuse the terminology. Is it strange to have a young female designer? What What's your industry like? Are, are you 
a groundbreaker and a trailblazer? Mm. I mean, it's for sure a male-dominated industry. Um, I will say that. But there are, I mean, from what I've seen, you know, I've been at student events and things, and I've seen more and more kind of women getting into this industry, which is really exciting. Um, and I hope it becomes more common. Um, I don't know if I'd see myself as a role model, but I would like for especially anyone in the kind of in the UK and Scotland to see that this industry is a thing and that, you know, we need more Brits in it because it's also quite an American dominated industry. And I would love for, you know, a kind of industry to grow in the UK. And we don't have, we have some theme parks, but I would love more and more themed entertainment, not necessarily just theme parks, just more themed entertainment in the UK. Um, so I, I'm hoping that, you know, I can kind of rally more, kind of Brits to kind of start or not necessarily Brits just more people to kind of start looking at the UK as a market and kind of growing there if we can so how, how do we get your job then don't worry I'm not after it but <laughs> how, how do we get well maybe but how do we get your your job what, what advice do you give to people who are thinking this mm. is really interesting I like theme parks so you know how, how you you obviously had the passion you worked hard at it but what should people be doing now if you're say 17 18 or finishing university and you're thinking okay I want to do that maybe in Britain what Mm. should people be doing I think joining the TEA like I talked about earlier the theme entertainment association that's great because it's a good way to start connecting with people in the industry finding out about events that might be happening I know there's mixers in London at least um I think that's the only place in the UK they have them but looking at that sort of stuff is really good um finding out figuring out what sort of career that you want because there are just so many different kind of specialities and careers within the industry it's not just kind of designing attractions there's so much that goes into it you know there's lighting there's landscape design there's um fabrication gosh there's just absolutely everything that you need so kind of figuring out what you want to do kind of you know looking at what degrees might help you with that also internships I think are a great way to get in I mean that's how I got in um and yeah, just connecting with people in the industry, I think is great. Finding out more about it, what companies are out there. Um, I kind of, I use, there's a website called Blue Loop, which I used a lot. And that kind of, they basically, up, they're the news site for the industry. So they'll update every day with the news of what's happening, what's going on. They're fantastic. Um, and so I remember I reached out to them and I was like, I really like an internship in the industry. Where do I apply? <laughs> and um this girl Ella she got back to me and was like here's a list of companies I know that are hiring but also here's some that might not be hiring but also reach out to them and that was fantastic and you know I'm very very grateful to her for helping me out and I wouldn't be over here today if it weren't for them so so yeah just looking at what resources are out there there's also so many great books there's yeah brilliant thank you for your advice I hope that you know that well I know that will come in useful for people who are just getting maybe that inkling of oh, that's something I could do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what's next for you then? You're at the early stages of your career um, and you don't have to give away too many secrets in. I don't want to get you in trouble <laughs> with your employers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what's next for you? Are you Have you got plans you don't maybe have to sell what they are or, or are you thinking, I'm quite happy doing this for a bit? I mean, well, what's, what's your feel for what's next for Iona? I think the next thing is to start specialising a bit more. You know, I'm... What I do at the moment is fairly general. Um, my title is just designer. So at, at this point, I kind of need to start narrowing down and being which aspect of the design do I really want to go into. Um, so I already kind of have some ideas the direction I want to go, but it is more just kind of refining that, seeing 
kind of what opportunities my company could offer or opportunities other companies could offer, just kind of looking at how I can, you know, get to the next step. So that, um, but yeah, so far I'm still happy in this career, um, like where this is going. So I'm imagining I'll probably have to stay in Orlando if I want to, you know, there are opportunities out there. We'll just see where it goes, but most of them are here at the moment. Oh, fascinating. Well, it's been an exciting ride for you so far, hasn't it? And obviously will continue uh, to be so. And that pun wasn't intended, it just kind of popped out. Um, so if we could go, I mean, you're one of the few people I speak to who actually found their passion at an early age and then stuck to it and is now involved in the industry, which is great. But if you could go back to say when you're, this is my last question, when you're say 16, 17 and give yourself a little bit of advice, um, is there anything that you wish somebody had told you that maybe you'd stuck with or really taken onto heart? Were there any challenges that you think, oh, I wish somebody had told me this was going to happen? Gosh, I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I was, I think maybe I would have told myself kind of, find out specifically more what you want to do because I think I just was like oh I just want to work in the industry and I think I would go back and be like figure out you know what jobs are more right for you and then you can kind of really refine because the degree I did was great but I think it would have helped more if I'd kind of really looked exactly at kind of what more professions I could have specialized in as opposed to just being like I want to design um (laughs) um, so yeah I think that's probably I would say it's just kind of do a bit more research, figure out exactly where my skills lie. Um, but then again, as you know, when you get into the industry, you don't know, you might get into something and find out you absolutely hate it. Um, so it really is just kind of trial and error, seeing what you like, seeing what you don't like. Thank you. That, that, is, that is absolutely great advice. And sometimes that is the best way to do it. Just try it and it might yep. work out great and you'll do it forever. Or you might go, I'm never doing that again. That was yep. <laughs> that. Life, so. <laughs> but hey, that is the best way to find out, isn't it? You know, just yep. try it. So. Um, right. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll say thank you very much here. This, this has been absolutely fascinating. Um, I'll stay on the line for just a second or two, if you don't mind afterwards. But uh, I, I will say thank you very much for sharing your insight and your experience. Uh, it's, it's absolutely brilliant to hear your story and also what's going on in, in a very exciting industry, really. So thank you very much for talking business. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best. Uh, cheerio from me. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Iona, for sharing your insight into the world of a theme park and attraction designer. And you are definitely a role model. And some of the things you're doing are really, really exciting and inspiring for future generations of theme park designers. And also for us day-to-day folk who are going to be using your attractions. So thank you very much. Really do appreciate you taking the time to talk business with me. And to everybody else, thank you as well for liking, sharing, rating, reviewing, subscribing and doing all those good things. Really do appreciate because it all helps other people to find the podcast too. And until next time on Talking Business with Danny Pardo, I'll just say thank you and a cheerio.